As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. St. Xavier University is for students who want more out of their future. We pride ourselves on preparing graduates with the skills they need to succeed in life. Visit xxu.edu to start plotting your path to a brighter tomorrow. St. Xavier University, the best in you. Welcome to the Undercenter Podcast presented by St. Xavier University. I'm always fortunate enough to be joined by our Bears insider, Josh Schrock. Follow him at Schrock underscore and underscore all. And of course, our Bears beat reporter, Alex Shapiro. Please follow him at Alex Shapiro NBCS. I'm Kenneth Davis, and Claire is our producer running the show. The Bears are beaten on the lakefront by, by the Bills 35-13 to today. The Bills rushed for a season-high 254 yards. Justin Field was held in check, passing for only 119 yards, completing 15 of 23, one passing touchdown to Dante Pettis. No interceptions, even though he should have had an interception if that Bills player didn't drop that, that interception in, towards the end of the fourth quarter. He rushed for 11 yards on nine attempts. He pretty much stayed in the pocket. Uh, David Montgomery was the lead rusher today with 16 attempts and 62 yards for a longer 28. Uh, we definitely got to talk a little bit about Khalil Herbert and him kind of knocking the rust off and stuff like that. But let's start off with where we always start off with, guys. Let's start off with Justin. Um, Justin, you know, the Bills really kind of kept him in the pocket. And to be honest with you, the Bears wide receiving core is really banged up. It's not like we're huge fans of of, of the core anyway. And we'll talk about the appearance of Bayless Jones, who had really good day for for, on special teams and well, and receiving with those two uh, nice catches. But we'll start with Justin, Josh. And what are your thoughts on Justin today and how the Bills handled him? Yeah, I mean, I thought Justin's performance is pretty indicative of just nothing around him. Right. I think Cody Whitehair, Tevin Jenkins being out, the interior of the offensive line did not block well. They couldn't run block. Um, he doesn't have playmakers. And then the Bills did a really good job of blitzing him. They came off the edge a lot. They made him give it up. Uh, and then I thought Justin was put at a disadvantage, honestly, by by Luke Getzey. I thought the play calling was was pretty suspect at times, especially when the Bears had a chance to to get a little momentum in the in the second half. You remember Matt Adams forces the fumble to get the forty four yard pass to Valus and uh, this is what they do. They go Khalil Herbert for three, Montgomery for five, Montgomery for loss of one, and then they hit Ranger for two yards, turnover on downs. Nick Murrow gets a pick two plays later in Bill's territory, pass for negative two yards, Montgomery run for no gain, Justin Fields scrambling to kick a field goal. So I just thought Luke Getzi's play calling was also off, uh, but you also just have to give the Bills a ton of credit. I mean, they talked about it after the game. They know Justin's dynamic. They've seen him run over the Dolphins. They've seen the the highlight real plays, and they weren't going to let that happen. They did a great job, especially the edge guys, of keeping him contained and then on, on those zone reads, just making him give up the ball and then tackling David Montgomery. So I thought it was more indicative just of the absolute need. The, Bear, the Bears have to reshape that roster around him. We know that, but this is pretty – this was a game where it was really evident, like, oh, yeah, man, there's not a lot around him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it just goes to show the – like Josh said, there, nobody's going to be surprised by Justin Fields running anymore. Like Bill Belichick said when the Bears just dismantled the Patriots. That feels like 
eons ago when Bill Belichick was like, we were surprised by how much Justin Fields ran the ball. I mean, words out, everybody knows. And when you take that away, it really changes the Bears offense, right? If you can stop Justin Fields as a runner, if you can stop him, stop him as a scrambler, what else is anybody going to do? Um, and that's really because, in my opinion today, again, like Josh said, the Bears just lost in the trenches. Ed Oliver had such a great day. Uh, they were undermanned, you know, with with the injuries. Um, and, and when you when you can't get that push from the offensive line, David Montgomery had that great first drive. Nothing after that. Uh, Khalil Herbert wasn't a factor. And then there just aren't the playmakers. So you take away the only playmaker, who, who is Justin Fields. And that just made, you know, <laughs> a one-dimensional team, I guess, zero-dimensional. Um, they just really couldn't get anything going. And and again, uh, th- the Bills are really good, stout, tough defense. Um, so, yeah, if, if you can stop right now, if you can if you can stop Justin Fields as a runner, the Bears, it's going to be hard for them to get stuff going. Okay, I got a question for both of you, but I want to kick that one back to you, Alex. Is it all about stopping him as a runner, or is there a hesitancy with Justin after being injured to run and also perhaps – the head coach of front office telling him to take it to, to, to kind of he, dial it back a little bit when it comes to risk uh, version and his body. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's been a focus all year. You know, them saying we're not going to take this away from you as a player because obviously him scrambling is what makes him so excellent. What makes him a threat to run is what makes him so excellent. But they've said all year, you know, slide when you need to, need to slide. Get out of bounds when you need to get out of bounds. Don't be a hero unless you think you can score a touchdown. And we have seen that, you know, we've seen him really only extend when he is going for those 40 yard runs. And we have seen him, in my opinion, improve sliding and getting out of bounds. So I don't know that that was a huge factor. I will echo, though, Josh's sentiment about the play calling in the second half. It was suspect At, at one of those points. I know you're undermanned at wide receiver. There, you know, you're looking at Dante Pettis and Byron Pringle as your top two guys, and Valus Jones, who's been a disappointment kind of all year. Um, but I, I don't care who you have. At, at a certain point, you gotta open it up. You gotta feed the ball to Cole Komet. You right. know, they used David Montgomery in the slot a lot. They used him out wide with empty sets a lot. Get those guys involved as pass catchers more. You know, at a certain point, you do need to throw the ball. And for the first time, this was, you know where I really thought Luke Getze's play calling may have also played a role where it's just like, just get them out, get them doing something, throwing the ball instead of just running into a brick wall. Because for most of the head third and fourth quarter, it did feel like the bears were just running into a brick wall. And I, I will say to Ken, to Ken's point about whether they dialed it back, Jordan Poyer, uh, the Bills' safety said after the game that the bills were expecting a lot of zone read, a lot of quarterback powers, a lot of quarterback counters. And he said, we didn't see it at all. Like they didn't do that at all. So Justin did talk about kind of re-aggravating that left shoulder injury a little bit after the game. So I don't know if maybe that played a role into it, but the Bears have said all along, if, if Justin is going to be out there, they're going to call the game like Justin's 100%. So uh, we can ask Luke Getzey about it, but um, certainly what the Bears have shown on tape, uh, they did not they did not call a lot of those plays because the Bills were ready for it and didn't see any of it. Josh, you led with it, and, and Alex just punctuated it. I want to get back to, in your opinion, why you believe Lugetzi called, particularly called a bad game. Was it due to the injuries when you're talking about the receivers in the offensive line, or was it just one of those things for a rookie offensive coordinator calling plays that he just got caught behind the eight ball when it came to the Bills' defense? 
That's a good question. Um, I, I do think that the injuries up front probably had a lot to do with it. I don't know if – I don't think injuries at wide receiver really play a role. The, the Bears' play calling seems pretty interchangeable no matter who's out wide. Um, I think he might have been caught off guard just about like how big the drop-off is from Cody White here and Tevin Jenkins to Michael Schofield and Larry Borm or Dieter Iceland, who we saw in there, which was kind of a surprise. Um, and it, it was weird. You know, the, the Bears' first drive, they were pretty crisp, right? I think they, they, had, some, they had some explosive plays. I think – the 20-yard pass to Byron Pringle from Justin was, I mean, that's a really, really good play by Justin. He was really mature, waited Byron to come up and hit him. Um, and we didn't really see a lot of that, right? I mean, and the Bears said after the game it's because the run game couldn't get going. But I think if you're Luke Etsy and the run game's not getting going and you're getting you're getting pushed around like that, you got to find ways, like Alex said, you got to get the ball out. you got to get your playmakers involved. It doesn't matter who it is. Like, if you're, if you're playing with Dante Pettis and Byron Pringle and Bayless Jones and Akil Harry, that's who you're playing with. And, you know, let Justin at least try to go down the field because we saw – Matt Adams fumbled. They go 13 personnel, max protect play actions, 44 yards. You know, do do more of that. Take more shots, man. You got nothing to lose, right? You're in the game with the Bills, and I, I thought he coached scared in the second half. I'm glad you said Nikhil Harry's name, too. Where on earth was Nikhil Harry? You're other taking than, other, questions for me. Other than he's leading back in the run game. <laughs> no, it's good. My no, bad. It's good. That's what we – Alex, you just said, Josh, that the receivers are interchangeable. Alex, I want you to answer this question, which you just, you just asked the question yourself. So the Nikhil Harry situation is over and done with then, correct? Because you're not trying to find out clearly if your receiving core is beat up, if this guy you traded for who was viewed as a first-round bust but has a lot of talent, what he can do when he's basically physically the best receiver out there. Um, you, we really didn't see him out there that often. We can They're moving on from Nikhil Harry in either one of your opinions. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. And that that is a question I think we're going to have moving forward is, hey, wh- where is Nikhil Harry? What's going on there? We'll say he had a pretty spectacular block on one play. There was one moment we we're like, oh, look at that. Nikhil Harry block. That was really good. But you need him to do more than that. You need him to do more than just be an excellent blocker. Obviously, the Bears want all of their wide receivers to be good blockers. And it seems to be kind of a criterion for, for somebody to be a Chicago Bears wide receiver is, are they a good blocker? Um, but you got to do more than that. So that's a question I'm going to be asking for sure. What should they? Or I want to get back to Justin real quick. If he's re-injured his shoulder, we know it's not his throwing shoulder. But still, yeah. we know that you 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 basically you didn't have tackles, but now you don't have guards. <laughs> when do we figure out? Maybe, just maybe, we need to let the Peter Man cook. Um, no, I, I don't think that's going to happen. And I, I just think, and I know I know you're going to get upset about it. And I, I can I'm see not, where it's going from. I know it doesn't, make, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. I, I know. Yeah. I know you think that. I think Justin Justin Fields wants to play. He wants yes. to get the, he wants to get the reps. And I know the coaches have to protect him from himself. But it's it's something that he has said he does not believe he can re-injure. They tell him he can't re-injure. It's just going to get tweaked here and there. And during the offseason, he will heal up. Um, so he's going to be out there. Like that's just that's just what it is. If he's ready to go and he's healthy, one is going to be out there. That's just how it is. Yeah, he basically said. He said that he was like, listen, when when this happened, the doctor said this is something that's going to bother me and I'm going to have to fight through it. So it's going to bother me and I'm going to fight through it. Yep. And uh, he's a warrior. He wants to play and the Bears want him to play. And it's not just the reps. I mean, they want to win. They want to win football games. And the best way to win football games is with Justin Fields under center. I hope they really don't want to win in their heart. Of heart. They do want to win. <laughs> they do. I hope at this point when you're almost at the top of the draft, you're not trying to blow this for one victory to say, oh, we didn't go like, dude, get the first pick. If Lovey's going to mess around and fumble the bag, please <laughs> go out and get the first pick. Texans I'm, I'm beat the Colts. Dude. Texans beat the Colts and all of a sudden the Bears are in the driver's seat. 
dude, dude, look, and then someone has to come and get that quarterback. All right, the auction, the auction is on. All right, here's like, here's here's, here's my here's pick? here's my question though about that, mm-hmm. about that. Just hypothetical, the Bears get the one pick. Yeah, teams will be calling. The Bears, the Bears aren't going. They're not going to take Bryce Young. Right. So who who's who's who are you bidding against, right? Like, well, see, you're well. Now you're, you're bidding pinned, against whoever wants to move into that spot. Each, each other, sure. Right? Yeah. The Texans. Like, I'm, I'm with you. It, the I just, I just don't, I don't think the offer is going to be as high as some people think because I don't think there's. I mean, I just don't think teams are going to be bidding. There's not. I don't even think there's that many teams that are going to be bidding for Bryce Young. He's good. He's not that good. Man, this is a quarterback in NFL. Is NFL crazy over quarterbacks, Josh? No, I, I understand. I get what I you're saying, that. but we see when it. But like, if you're if you're the Texans, you're not giving up that much to go from two to one. True. Unless see, Ryan Paul says, says "Hey, somebody him. else is coming in, unless, and they're gonna." Unless you threaten yep. the Texans that someone sure. else mm-hmm. is coming up against Bryce. Young. So if the Texans mm-hmm. are Bryce Young or bust, right? Yes. Then, then they have you to rent you. Sure. Exactly. You you hold him for ransom right. because it's like, yo, we'll trade him here, and you're going to end up with the quarterback you don't want. You're, so yeah, you move giving up one the inexperienced slot. GM who gave up a 33rd overall pick for Chase Claypool a ton of credit. Why did you have to go there? We're <laughs> up here trying to enjoy ourselves. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I mean, it's a terrible game. It's a, yeah. Merry <laughs> Christmas and happy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you filthy animal. You filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs> Look, stand on a positive note. A guy. That this week, of like a couple of shows that I went on, and I gotta admit, I, I threw out some abuse, and I I, I hope for him a lot. Bayless Jones showed up today, like the bell finally sounded. I mean, one and one of the things, and I was talking to somebody this week, I was like, simplify it first, just get him going on special teams. He was nice on kick returns. I know he muffed one, but he picked it up. It wasn't like any of the defenders were down there; they were around him. And then the bombs that he caught. What were, what were both of your opinions on the play of Bayless Jones and also what did he, the coaches, or the other players say about his play today versus the Bills? Yeah, I mean, the 44-yard pass, Justin Fields said it was a, it was a training camp play that, that they worked on, and he gave Bayless credit for making a really good adjustment on the ball. Um, you know, Bayless said the wind, the wind kind of took it a little bit, and he knew the wind would, so he was kind of playing it that way. But I think, I think you're right, Ken. I think simplifying things for Bayless, especially offensively, is a good thing, right? I think sending him on – nines slants posts maybe that's it right and then some stuff on the last scrimmage like yeah it doesn't need to be whatever they asked darno mooney to do which was b3 receivers at once you don't need to do that Bayless jones let's just get him feeling comfortable and get some opportunities in his way and, and catch some passes you know beyond the line of scrimmage uh which we saw so i, I thought overall it was it was I mean, Bayless said it was his best day as a bear and i don't think you can really argue with that mm-hmm. um so that's that's positive and hopefully he can build on it because he's, he's had kind of a rough go um but overall very very solid day yeah, on the on the forty four yarder in particular, you know, last week he and Justin Fields did not connect on a go ball. It was the flea flicker play. So I I don't know what exactly they call it, but it's the flea flicker play. But he's essentially running a go, and they don't connect. So I asked Tyke Tolbert, he didn't, like, he didn't run exactly. So I asked Tyke Tolbert, like, yo, was there a coaching point for Valus in particular on that play, or was that just like a weird funky thing that didn't connect? And he goes, no, our coaching point was run, dude. Like you are faster than everybody get on your horse and go because they saw him slow down. And then he allowed the defender to catch back up on that play last week, this week, what happens? Vales Jones just runs. He wasn't slowing down. He ran, he got to the ball and he made a really nice sliding catch. So week to week basis, you know, that's, that's a nice growth point for Vales Jones in an area that the bears really thought he could make an impact on the game and the bears need him to make an impact in the game, you know, as a deep threat, as a guy who's just real fast and can make a big play. 
So, yeah, it, we have been critical of Valus Jones, deservedly. He's made a lot of mistakes. His ball security has been an issue. But these are the types of things that you need to see moving forward um, over the last three games. You know, you want now to stack these games. All right, Valus, come back and great, get some more great kickoffs. Make another impact in the passing game, right? He caught two balls, and they were both beyond the line of scrimmage, which also was like a little <laughs> progress step. Even if he just had the one catch for eight yards, it's like, ooh, okay, step. He caught that beyond the line of scrimmage, not behind the line of scrimmage. Um, so, yeah, you know, he deserves some praise for finally putting it together, finally making a, a real noticeable positive impact on the game. Look, does the defense deserve credit for stifling Josh Allen in the air attack, or we're going to put it all on the cold weather and the wind blow being making it more difficult to throw deep passes? I'll Josh. give him credit. Okay. You know, uh, the first interception, Kyler Gordon's interception, it's a poorly thrown ball, but Kyler Gordon makes a great play. He high points mm-hmm. it. He, and then not only that, you know, it's the ball's on the one yard line. He gets up and he has a great return. So now the Bears aren't backed up against their own end zone. So all of that, that's that's a great play. The, the Nick Mora interception, also a, a bad throw, but he capitalized, right? How many times do we see surefire interceptions dropped? Uh, they capitalized. And you know what? I, I got to say, so the run defense was really extremely not good, and I'm sure we'll get <laughs> to that and how, how the Bears like actually really, really missed Jack Sanborn, which I, I can't believe I'm saying that You know, at this point. If you told me I'm – Week one that I'd be saying the Bears really, really miss Jack Sanborn. Be like, you're crazy. Um, But going back to Josh Allen in the secondary in the passing game, Bears had three rookie cornerbacks entering this game. The Buffalo Bills are an insane passing team. I mean, you've got Stephon Diggs. you got Gabe Davis. you got all these dudes, all these weapons, and Josh Allen is obviously fantastic. They held Stephon Diggs to his worst game of the season. Only two catches for 26 yards. No Buffalo receiver crossed 50 yards. Three rookie cornerbacks, two of them undrafted free agents. So, yeah, those guys deserve a lot of credit. I don't care what the elements are. I don't care what the conditions are. Usually going into that situation, you think Josh Allen is going to eat those guys alive. But I thought Josh Blackwell played really good sticky coverage. Uh, Jalen Jones has has been a surprise. He's been very good, in my opinion, when the Bears have needed to call him upon him. Sure, he's had bad plays here and there, but overall, really solid. And Kyler Gordon, you know, acting as the de facto number one cornerback, really stepped into that role and, and did pretty well. And, you know, there's no point, in my opinion, where you could say, oh, wow, one of those rookie cornerbacks made a really bad mistake, and that gave up a big play. Josh Allen found zones found soft spots in the Bears zones at times but I don't think it was ever because of like really poor play on the cornerbacks on the whole those three guys in my opinion deserve a ton of credit for playing well in a really tough situation real cool well go ahead Josh oh yeah I was just gonna say um I I kind of echo for the most part what what Alex saying I think the the Bears secondary played played extremely well um for his under undermanage there I mean also I think though Sometimes you just don't have a good game. And today I just thought Josh Allen didn't have it. Uh, whatever it was, you know, I mean, the, the pick from Nick Morrow, the ball kind of slips out of his hands and he just mm-hmm. airmails James Cook. We saw him turf a couple wide open guys. It just seemed like seemed like a day where Josh Allen, the elbows bother him. He just didn't have it. But that is what it is. And I think the rookie corners, especially Kyler Courtney, I mean, you, we can't say enough about how much he's grown. I mean, think about week two. 
He gives up 10 catches against the Packers, 160 yards and two touchdowns. And we're like, oh, man. And now today he, he went toe-to-toe with Stephon Diggs, man. He was he was the top dude today, and he played he played his butt off. And he keeps playing his butt off. Um, so that that's a huge sign for the Bears. And I think Jalen Jones and Josh Blackwell are both probably – at the very least, long like pretty long term depth guys because they've been really good. I think Jalen Jones has been super super impressive. Uh, that's that was my next question. What does it say? Because I I think we've seen I like Jalen Jones, but in the last month he's gotten better. But we have seen him getting beat. Yep. Josh Blackwell has just been uh, priceless really in a degree because what he does as a sub, but also what he does on special teams. So you always – I saw him staying, but that was my question. Of course, we don't necessarily – we see them starting if someone gets hurt. Like that's yeah. what – and that's very important. You see with DHC how you need guys like that. You need mm-hmm. depth guys that aren't fools and that can mm-hmm. come in for a game, if not three, and be stout, not just yeah. be someone who's getting exploited by the offense. So yeah. now what does it say about the depth? Also, what does it say about – the character of the guys that Ryan Pace is bringing in and the coaching up by Matty Bufloos and his staff for these young undrafted players. And we all know Ky- – we, we're Kyler Gordon guys on this show. Yeah. So we don't even need to go on Kyler Gordon that long. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think the future of those guys is, is like you said, I think they're depth corners, uh, special teams guys who can come in and play if injuries happen. And that's very – it's extremely valuable. I mean, the Bears we talked to, they need another corner, right? Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, they need another – starting guy it's probably not Kendall Vildor I don't think but I think you put Jalen Jones and Josh Buckle behind those three and that's a pretty good set you got um I just think it's Ryan Poles his draft record is maybe spotty depending on how you got Valus Jones and Braxton Jones but man he hit he hit several home runs in the undrafted marker he got Jack Sanborn he got Jalen Jones he got Josh Blackwell so uh somewhere the evaluation is on point um, and maybe it's the total class, but maybe at the very least, he's very good identifying talent that is uh, overlooked in the draft. And that's that's a big bonus for a team that's trying to fill out a roster early in a rebuild. And he's he's found a couple good ones. Josh, Josh Blackwell, he got off the trash heap. I mean, he was cut yeah. by the Eagles yeah. towards the end of training camp, the end of August, like a week later. It wasn't even like a day later. A week later, they bring in Josh Blackwell. And he, this is going to sound like a slight i mean this as a compliment <laughs> i forget if i've said this on the podcast before if i just said this like between the three of us he to me looks like the next dhc you know a yeah, you said that you said that yeah, you said yeah, that, yeah just like a spectacular special teams player and he really is a spectacular special teams player and then as you said you know when called upon he just gets the job done and here's where i think we can connect it back to matt eberflus and his defense this defense is predicated on everybody just do your job don't try and be a hero. Don't try and do too much. Just be in your spot and make the play when the play comes to you. And that's what those three guys did today, really. They trusted each other. They, they And they got the job done, right? They knew what their assignment was, They and they got it done, right? When the plays came to them, they didn't overdo it. They didn't overthink it. They just made their plays when it was in front of them. And that trust, that confidence in one another that they talked about, you know, in the locker room, they were talking about like, yeah, we're all really close. We came in together. We all trust each other. We have all this confidence in each other so that when we take the field together, like I know that that other guy is going to be there and it's going to do his thing. That's what Matt Eberflus and Alan Williams want. Just do your job. Don't be a hero. Ryan Poe's bargain bin master or garage sale lord. Um, so hopefully he can get those middle round picks now yeah. clicking. 
Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Look, I want to still give out um, a, a little bit of compliments. There was more pressure from the down four line in this game. Um, they didn't get they they only sacked Josh Allen once, but they had him moving a lot. And of course, he's a mobile quarterback, but he wasn't just moving necessarily to to advance the ball. He was moving because the pocket had collapsed. And you mm-hmm. saw Dominic Robinson and Justin Jones had another good game. But we haven't seen third, fourth, third, fourth quarter Justin as much as we saw at the beginning of the year. He pops up, he flashes more towards the beginning of the game. But what were your thoughts on the four down line? And we know they got to improve that room uh, before a team with the offensive line um that the 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 bills have i I felt that they didn't get to him enough but i was somewhat impressed by the amount of pressure they caused with josh allen yeah they got several hurries a couple quarterback hits which i mean given what we've seen the past seven weeks from that unit that's a pretty good day for them right um yeah i yeah donnie robinson flashed a little bit um justin jones he's he's been solid right i mean we talk about the disruptive three technique and he's not that but justin jones is a valuable valuable defensive lineman to have on the team and i will be shocked if the bears don't, you know, kind of bring him back. I know his money's not guaranteed, but I think he's got a roster spot because he's very versatile, very valuable. And he's a guy who the locker room loves. So yeah, good day. Good day for the front four. I think I'd still, I'd like to see more out of 99. I mean, Travis Gibson, we haven't seen, he got a QB hit. I know he did, but I just want to see a little bit more, right? That you can't trade Robert Quinn and then be like, well, we see you got these two guys and then you're kind of absent for seven weeks. So uh, I want to see a little bit more of that, but overall, overall, a, a better day from the front from the front four. Um, I'm going to say the front four had a good day for their standards, but it was still a yeah. bad day. I mean, like, oh, sure. not- <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a Bears curve. The and, Bears curve. Yes, I guess. It's a Bears. We're great and it was though. actually a great bad day. day by their standards in the run game. I mean, the way that they got gashed in the run game was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Some of that is on the secondary. The linebacker play in the run game was equally not good. Linebacker. But it, yeah. It starts up front, though, man, and they were just getting bullied around. The, you know, there were two, like, 25-yard touchdown runs, it felt like, where the guys, James Cook and Devin Singletary, completely untouched. You know, obviously, we're watching it live. I haven't seen the replays. But in the moment, it felt like, did anybody actually touch that guy on the way to the end zone? And, I again, a lot Those of were the defensive the backs. That, that was the linebackers. Particularly, sure. it was it Brisker. Up got front, sh- man, dude, it starts. But, no, but, look, but, like, but, you got, but wait, but wait. You, usually, and I'm not discounting what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? And also, we're, we're still on the curve talking about this defensive <laughs> line. But that, usually, because a lot, a lot of those blocks, you had a guy pulling, and they sealed them up well. I'm, I'm not making excuses for the D line. But the, the last guy, the, 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 the linebackers were missing. So let's get right. that out of there. And those two runs, yeah. the linebackers was nowhere to be seen because yeah. the offensive lineman got to the second level. Yeah. But when Brisker got Brisker. shook out of his socks, yeah. and then DHC, I believe, got shook out of his socks on the other, that was like, it's the Brisker, both of them were terrible, but the Brisker. The, the, the Brisker, the angle was, what? There was no angle. <laughs> I tried to, and this is where they missed Jack Sanborn. Again, another undrafted free agent. This is where. Jack Sanborn has been the guy. And instead of that being a 25-yard touchdown, it's only a six-yard gain, uh, which would have brought their yards per carry down from like nine yards per carry to maybe five and a half. So still not good. Um, obviously, well, really. Jack, I love me some. Jack I was going to say you're giving Jack Sanborn a ton of credit. Damn, I didn't know he's he like was the, black. He's like the great yeah, run stopper. He's, he's, yeah, he's <laughs> been like the team's best tackler ever since they got rid of Roquan. Who's been a better tackler? Than no, no, Jack one's that, no, no one's saying he's not a good tackle. We're just saying like, like this. I don't think Jack Sanborn is the reason 
They yeah. got ran on like this. I think they've been getting run on all year. Not they like this. Run on this all was year. different, man. This was different. This was different. They get they've given up five touchdowns of more than thirty yards this season. <laughs> Including like, with today, Jack or today. out there. Well, today was one of them. <laughs> so they have four other ones. Yikes. Anything else it sticked out with you guys in the press conference or any injuries we need to go over before we get out of here? The only other injury is that Justin Fields had a foot thing. We talked about the shoulder, but he got his foot stepped on. on, And that is apparently what he went into the blue tent for right at the end of the game. That's why Nathan Peterman went in. So that will be something to monitor what's going on with Justin Fields' foot. Maybe that's the way, Kenneth, that Justin Fields will make it. Sounds like he needs to sit out. Yeah, sounds like he needs to sit <laughs> that might out. be his way to the benches oh, via his no. foot. I think it's time to find out how, like, do we have the backup quarterback of the future? <laughs> you need to stop. Where's the mute button? Mute <laughs> I mean, listen, you of all people and the torture that you've gone through coming to this team and shit, don't you want to have a stud and a full accoutrement of picks next year so you can enjoy what you're viewing when you're in that press box? I'm trying yeah. to help you. You're trying to okay. You're right. You're right. Hey, checks. checks Listen, the Bears are going to have a dynamite player, no matter where they're picking. You know, if they sure, they they might have a unless they win. They pick right. But you imagine if they land either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, the, the pick should hit right. So, if can I ask you all a two, question? They're picking three, oh, whatever. Yeah, you know, go all on. All right. So the, the the thought that we've had here in Chicago has been. Will Anderson has signed to Ron Payne, right? Mm-hmm. Who do we sign then if you go with Jalen Carter? What rush ends that I don't know about right now it's are a bad, out there? It's a bad, it's a bad class. Yeah, that's why. That's why. That's no, why you're, you're drafting definitely... another edge later. Yeah. You're, you're getting another rookie edge, and it's just not Will Anderson. And there are guys out there. There are interesting names that we will talk about in future episodes. But I think if you're drafting Jalen Carter, then you're also drafting an edge later. So hypothetically speaking now, when, when we're saying this, I don't know if we're saying that they've traded down or not, but we're mm-hmm. saying with the first the first two picks in the draft, you're going to perhaps go defensive line with both of them and not address offensive line or receiver. I'm no, asking I, this for a friend. No, I, no, I think no. I think with the second the second pick, they probably go O line or receiver. I think Alex is just saying that later on in the draft round through. Yeah. Okay. So you get like a pick. Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. You get my he guy just, from he just, USC. He just, he just make he just making names. Up. We're not here I'm for not, the USC. Lucas Van Ness is a real man. Just, Lucas just, Van Ness okay. is a real Hawkeye player. Get the, <laughs> get the USC talk out here. We're talking. We just went from I went USC second. I went Iowa first. Yeah, he's like he's, up. Yeah. pop that Lucas Van Ness tape. You'll probably like what you see. I mean, I think okay. the, the bigger the bigger thing is that the you know two of the Bears' possible free agent offensive line targets are now off the off the board. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that later. <laughs> All right, guys, I always appreciate it. that's it for the Under Center podcast. You can always check us on Wednesdays on NBC Sports, um, five thirty p.m. Um, Please watch the entire show on YouTube. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Um, We'll be back before the new year, but be safe if you're out on the road. Um, And definitely, we look forward to talking to you down the line.